Welcome to Answers May Vary. Each week, we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Handley. And together with you, we're Three Heads. Today's dilemma... I understand this dilemma from both sides. I, I do. <laughs> I'm not even a parent and I understand it from both sides. I feel constant pressure to communicate with parents more, but as that pressure increases, my time to do so decreases. How am I supposed to communicate regularly with all parents, not just the parents of problem students, when I have so many other things to do? which often feel more pressing. Agreed. I felt that way a lot on the teacher side. Mm. I felt like I only communicated with the parents of (laughs) kids who were doing something wrong. Uh And it also often felt like there were so many other things that I needed to do and that they needed to be done like now, yeah. whereas it felt like I could always push off just a little bit more communicating with parents. Which I remember that making things so much worse for me because then yeah. I had to spend an entire prep period yeah. on the phone and I was like, well, this is the worst. No wonder I ma- I don't make these calls. <laughs> and then as a parent, you're just like, I just want to know what's going on. <laughs> it is difficult. And in the past few years, there's been an even greater expectation mm-hmm. of regular communication between parents and teachers. And I think it's a good thing, but it is definitely something that in terms of the time commitment, it requires, especially at the high school level, we just don't have the bandwidth, the bandwidth for it. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things where the pandemic almost made it worse or brought it to the front. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents were able to be in class with their students for the first time and then really missed having that kind of knowledge of what was happening Mm -hmm. when that ended. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, yes, parents always want to know what's going on. But there was this realization of like, there's so much more that I wish I knew or that I don't know about Mm -hmm. that it kind of made parents more interested in knowing what's going on. I think also as teachers, because we do have a tendency to have more frequent communication with parents of students who are misbehaving, Mm -hmm. who are failing, that kind of thing, lots of times it can feel like our interactions with parents are so often negative Mm -hmm. that we sort of avoid them. And I think if we look at parents as our allies or as another like member of the team, that we can really partner with them to accomplish more than if we choose not to include them. I think my perspective on that has changed a lot from working as a tutor in the last year mm-hmm. because again, it like Kate said, it can feel very antagonistic and frustrating. And even the kindest request for information can feel a little bit like, well, why? What are you right. like accusing me of? Or right. it can feel very defensive. But now on the tutoring side of things, sometimes I'm working with a parent and a student and we're genuinely trying to figure it out. We're trying to understand yeah. and it's not a defensiveness. It's a how can I help? How can I help them meet your standards? Right. And so I think that 
yeah, I, I do see kind of from that flip side a little bit yeah. more the benefit of communicating more yeah. and the frustration that can be felt from families when, you know, I think everyone's kind of mis- misunderstanding each other, yeah. yeah, miscommunicating. Yeah. From my parents' side, sometimes I feel nervous to ask. And then from the teacher side, <laughs> you're sort of like any parent communication like gets your hackles up uh-huh. where you're like, okay, what are <laughs> What are you setting me up for here? Do I need a CC and administrator? (laughs) The first thing that we want to do is separate the ideal from the possible, because ideally we would communicate with all parents on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. That is certainly what everybody would want. That's not possible. It's not possible in an elementary school classroom, and it's definitely not possible (laughs) in a secondary classroom where you have five or six periods of 30 to 40 students. You're not communicating individually (laughs) with all parents on a regular basis. So we need to separate those two things. Mm -hmm. Another thing is to take advantage of automated systems. The two that our school used were Teleparent and Parent Square. And again, ideally, we would be making phone calls or at minimum sending personal emails to these parents. But there comes this trade-off of what is ideal versus what is practical. Mm -hmm. And I can communicate more frequently if I can send those mass messages. And so do take advantage of those. And we have some ideas maybe about how to include more of that individual communication. But certainly those tools are a way to share more information with families. One of the best things we did was Mm -hmm. when we transitioned to Canvas from Google Classroom. I feel like when we had Google Classroom, we invited parents to join as guardians, but there wasn't really a lot available to parents to be able to understand what was going on. It was sort of like, you had to be there to get it. I think it would be really confusing (laughs) if you logged into a teacher's Google Classroom and were like, uh. (laughs) But with Canvas, and we set it up for students, but it had the secondary benefit of being really helpful for parents, was we made it super transparent. We put up a weekly agenda. It was very clear about Mm -hmm everything that we were doing in class and where you could find information and screencasts and all kinds of things. We encouraged parents to enroll mm-hmm. as guardians. guardians. I think they were they too were guardians. Yeah. But we made a point of mentioning it regularly and in all our communications, positive and negative, so that somebody, whether it's a parent or a tutor Mm -hmm. or a counselor or an administrator, could come into that Canvas class and really understand what was going on without ever stepping foot in our classrooms. Yeah. And we did this on individual assignments as well. And even before we used Canvas, you could never accuse Kate and I of not over-explaining. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we were not under-explainers ever. Yeah. But I do think those detailed instructions on handouts, on assignments, on Canvas, do let parents get a sense of what is happening. So if they're just interested and they want to know what your day has been like, it's very clear. But then when they are trying to help a student or they have a tutor trying to help a student, it's so much easier for them to 
figure out what you're going for with your directions, what your expectations are for your student, because students only hear maybe, I don't know, a third of what we say in <laughs> class, you know, I'll ask a student, um, so does your teacher have specific directions on how to do this? I don't know. They just handed this to us. And as a teacher, it was pretty rare that I ever just handed something to a <laughs> student. No so I'm thinking there's some gaps there. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing you can do, and I did this more and more the last couple of years in the classroom, mm-hmm. but use students' bell ringer time to send emails. So in the first 10 to 15 minutes of class each day, students would work on their weekly assignments. So typing club, grammar, first chapter Friday. And so I would try sometimes to use that 10-minute block to send emails or automated messages to students just because it kind of gives it a small amount of time. So you're making some progress. You're not like super deep in the weeds on something where a student's going to ask you a question and you feel disrupted. But it's also generally a time where they don't need as much help as they will on other parts of the lesson. So they can be working on their assignment and you can send out a couple emails, look around, see who catches your eye that (laughs) may have an issue that you need to take care of. Mm -hmm. It also allows you to deal with things on a period by period basis, which is an easier way to break things down. (laughs) Another thing you can do is set aside an amount of time either each day or each week for parent communication. I know for myself, I usually like to do Thursdays. So unless there was like a a time sensitive situation, I tried to reach out to parents on Thursdays. It was when I had a chance to- Was it so you could ruin their child's weekend? I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I would save it for Friday. (laughs) Oh, do you think you're going out this weekend? Think again. I heard you talking about what you thought you were going to do this weekend. I'm just kidding. Usually Thursday was my tutoring day. And so I was like, while I'm here, I can get that taken care of. Do what you can. Maybe track your conversations. Pick it up again next Thursday. I would also try and I wasn't as good as I should have been about this, but I always tried to do at least one positive Mm -hmm. email for all of the negative or concerned emails that I sent. I also tried to have a follow-up communication, and usually it was email, with a parent who we had had a negative interaction, not A parent and I had had a negative interaction, but we were talking about something negative with a student or concerning with a student where I could follow up with positive information just to show that like, hey, I don't only pay attention to the negative that I did pay attention to the positive too. And I absolutely sometimes had students ask me (laughs) to send (laughs) positive emails, which I would always do, but I tried to do that my myself as well, especially if the student had really made an effort or the student hadn't made an effort, but I really saw that the parent was mm-hmm. making an effort. I wanted to say, you know, hey, I acknowledge that you're making an effort too. And it's a good way to keep those situations from becoming so negative with the student where they mm-hmm. feel attacked or whatever it is because then they know like, okay, well, yeah, they're going to call me out when I do something wrong, but also 
they're going to notice when I do it right. Yeah. This last one, I was listening to a podcast where it was a parent talking about this desire for wanting to know what was going on in the classroom, Mm -hmm. like during the pandemic when she could watch her student go to class. And at first, I found that kind of frustrating because... I don't have time to tell you right. what behavioral issue happened this week or you know what we're learning about or that kind of thing. But I was thinking it could be a good strategy to have a weekly email or newsletter for your mm-hmm. class. The more preps you have, the harder that's going to be. Right. But I was thinking it wouldn't be all that bad to take the time to write just a, hey, here's what we did this week. Oh, FYI, I'm noticing a lot of students who are using their phones when they're not supposed to Mm -hmm. talk to your student about this this week. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that could actually be a really useful tool in keeping parents informed on what life looks like in your classroom, um, things that they can be talking to their student about. I know we did it a couple times when, oh, it's the end of the grading period and Mm -hmm. students have five things due, we would send a mass reminder. But I do think that that is something that parents might appreciate that would be a lot less time consuming than literally contacting every parent to share that kind of information. Also, if that's like too much, can't handle it, maybe when you have a big project Mm -hmm. or something really important coming up and you do an email to everybody, it's not personalized to a particular student, to all parents about this big project with maybe some breakdowns of dates and things like that, that you maybe only do it once or twice a year, but you're signaling to the parent, hey, this is an important thing that we're doing and making them aware of it. Yeah. I think it is doable to increase your communication Mm -hmm. with families, but you do have to be practical about it and and acknowledge that you're both going to have to meet in the middle. We do have an obligation to communicate with parents and it is to everyone's benefit when we can Mm -hmm. communicate neutral and positive information. But at the same time, there are ways that we can communicate with parents that may not always be as personalized as they would like, Mm -hmm. but are better than not talking to them at all. Right. Talking about this makes me think back to when I first started teaching. Um, (laughs) And maybe like three or four years in was when teachers started having websites. And so, of course, one teacher has a website and puts their assignments on and then Parents are asking every teacher uh-huh. if they have a website and put their assignments on. And I remember I got that email and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't have time for that. And the thought now of not having your assignments online uh-huh. and accessible is like, um, that's just making more work for me if I don't have it on <laughs> there. So of course I do it. Why wouldn't you share that with parents? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just a matter of that perspective mm-hmm. shift of, okay, this sounds like it's going to be more work, but maybe it's not actually going to be more work or it's going to add 15 minutes of prep time, but I'm going to save yeah. this amount. And and you can sort of gauge the level of parental involvement. Yeah. The more, I would say, the more individual emails you're getting from parents, then maybe think to yourself, okay, this is clearly a class where they want more communication. So maybe you have one prep where you're not getting a lot 
of parent feedback and questions and involvement. And maybe they get the monthly email. And Mm -hmm. then you have another prep where you're getting emails from parents all the time. And I'm not saying emails from like one parent (laughs) all the time, but multiple parents, then you say, okay, so maybe they would benefit from having a weekly email and kind of make it more flexible. Yeah. I remember when we did a mass email on Parent Square a couple mm-hmm. times and it would show likes. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, oh, hey, a good number of parents liked the message mm-hmm. or commented, thank you. I appreciate the info. And it was yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay. That didn't take that much time. And I guess it was appreciated. And so yeah. things like that, that can help you see if it's worth your time. <laughs> yeah. And I know there's often a few parents who are like, I think it's a horrible way to communicate yeah. or I never check those messages. Well, I understand. However, <laughs> and maybe you just have to explain, you know, I have 200 students. I know that this isn't the optimal yeah. way to communicate, but it's the most efficient way to communicate. Yeah. So if you would like to communicate with me outside of this venue, that's fine but I'm going to have to continue to make my mass notifications or whatever in that way. So I know that there are people who, because I I heard that multiple times. And I have friends who are like, I'm sick of hearing from my kid's school. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) different parents want or need different things. Right. (laughs) You know, we're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we can. We got a lot of people we're working with here. We wanted to thank you so much for joining us. We hope something we said resonated with you, that you have something you can put to work in your classroom in order to improve that communication. As always, answers may vary. So if you think something we said was off the wall wrong, (laughs) or we forgot a really good idea, please email us and let us know or DM us on Instagram. And if you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about, or you'd like to hear us talk about, email us at hello at threeheads.works. If you want to be notified of our next upload, be sure to follow us. Chat soon. Bye. Bye.